Welcome to Live in the Messiah's Love. I'm Kimisha Lucier, Senior Pastor of A Day of Prayer. Today we're going to change things up just a little bit. We have been talking about um, prophetic intercession, praying for our children before need arises or before trouble arises. And today we're going to shift gears and talk a little bit about living in the Messiah's love and what that kind of actually means and how we do that and why it's important. And after all, it's the name of the show. Um, so today let's start uh, with looking at John chapter 15. We're going to look at verses 9 and 10. It says, as the father loved me, I also have loved you abide in my love. If you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love, just as I have kept my father's commandments and abide in his love. Now, when the word abide is used, it means to remain. It means to set up your dwelling place and live in this position or standpoint or with this perspective or in this area. And the love of God is not like human love. It's not like any other kind of love you've ever known. His love is complete. It is thorough. It is um, unending, unyielding, and it involves everything that we need. There's the, the goodness and the gentleness of God, his compassion, but also his correction, which is a part of his goodness as well, and his guidance and direction. And his willingness to uh, discipline us and help us go in the right way because he is the ultimate father. He is the best there is or will ever be. And for every believer, Christ wants us to have our foundation in him because that's the only way that we'll able, be able to stand and actually have a solid ground or foundation to move forward in life and not fall back into the same sins that we've been entrapped by before or held bondage by our past or thoughts and ideas that don't produce the love and the life and the godliness that God wants for us or his holiness. So when we discover how Jesus truly feels about us, it makes us unshakable and immovable. And I think every human is looking for that love that will never turn them away. It will never cast them out and it doesn't change. And that can only come from Jesus. Any person that wants to grow and mature in their walk has to first have this foundation because it keeps us from looking at God from a works perspective as well. Well, if I do enough of this, God, if I suffer enough, if I give enough, if I pray enough, if I fast enough, then you'll love me. But that's not how his love is. And it's not how God chooses to interact with us. His love is unconditional. And let's look over at John chapter 17. Um, for some more important information that'll help us with this concept. Uh, it says, uh, we're gonna look at verse 23. It says, I in them and you and me, that they may be made perfect in one and that the world may know that you have sent me and have loved them as you have loved me. So God's love is not um, at a different proportion towards Jesus than it is towards us. And that is a a very mind-blowing, if you will, or a deep concept to understand. The same amount of love that God has for his perfect son, who is God, he has that same amount of love towards us. Jesus did everything for us. He, in the way of, he met all the qualifications. He met 
all of the requirements and he took the consequence and penalty of our sin upon himself and died for us so that we could enter into this love of God and really see and perceive and know that this is unconditionally how God feels about us and that we can understand and walk in the closeness that God wants to have with us. Um, When we look at that scripture as well, we see something that also stands out. Jesus could have said anything here. He could have said that the world may know that I'm God, that the world may know that you're God. And um, a myriad of other things that we would deem important, they're valid. And, you know, to me and my my natural uh, mind reasoning and thinking about it would be much more significant to say. But he did not choose to put that there. He he chose to say that the world would know that not only is he God, but that God the Father and Son, Holy Spirit, love us just as much as the perfect one. So that tells you the, the placement that God has put on this, the priority, the value, and the weight that his, his desire for us is, and that his love and compassion towards us is. When you find out how much the Messiah loves you, and that's the full Godhead, then you also have to position yourself and choose to receive his love. Because if you go, well, no, that's not true, God, you will never be able to walk in it. You'll never be able to look at him and see him for who he truly is. You'll never be able to fellowship with him completely because the trust that you need to have towards him won't develop because you don't know that he loves you unconditionally. Um, and, And receiving it also allows that love like a seed planted in your heart to begin to grow and flourish and bring forth the fruit that God wants it to um, produce in you. Because once it brings forth the fruit, then you can now start to see a difference in yourself. You get to see a difference in how you interact with others and how you treat other people, which directly influences your relationships. So, Using the God kind of love, we have to make that our foundation as well. And when that happens, and you know, I mentioned um, being able to have different or uh, it affects your relationships with other people. Once you know and you're confident in that love that God has for you, then you can turn that same love around and show it towards others. And you no longer find yourself in a place that you're trying to extract it from other people to make you feel whole. You've already got what you need. Jesus is the one who can fill every place, every vacancy, every void, every longing, every lack, um, every disappointment. Jesus can mend that and fill that up so that it's no longer um, a part of you. But if you choose and seek to get it from other people, you'll always be disappointed because they're not able to carry that weight. They're not designed for that. God can fill every place, but um, a human is limited to filling their particular role. And even that, if they're not doing it with the strength that God provides, you'll see that you're often um, left wanting in that posi- in that um, situation. What do I mean by that? So your children can never provide God's love to you. They're only able to love you as children to mother or father, your husband or your, um, so I married, my husband can only love me as my husband. Uh, he can't love me as God and he cannot love me as a child. Um, so as we have the human interactions and relationships, God designs for us, they can only fulfill and occupy the place that they are meant to, um, 
occupy that God gives grace for. And even that it has to be weighted by his love. It has to be balanced with his love or fueled by the love of God to even do that right. But God can be mother, father, friend, sister, brother, um, everything within us, God can fill it up and abundantly supply it. So let's take a look at what does a God kind of love actually look like? Uh, we're going to look at first Corinthians chapter 13. And I love this, this chapter because as we read it, we learn that God is love and anything that he is asking from us and for us, it means he's already doing himself and he is already, he's the one who actually provides that to us so that we are able to do it. So let's start looking at verse four and we'll, we'll read on for a bit. Love suffers long and is kind. Love does not envy, does not parade itself, is not puffed up does not behave rudely, does not seek its own, is not provoked, thinks no evil, does not rejoice in iniquity, but rejoices in the truth, bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. Love never fails. But whether there are prophecies, they will fail. Whether there are tongues, they will cease. Whether is not, there is knowledge, it will vanish away. For we know in part and we prophesy in part, but when that which is perfect has come, then that which is in part will be done away. So as we're, we're thinking about that, um, and I, I connected first John that says God is love with, um, first Corinthians 13 verse eight, love never fails. Um, his very DNA is love. And because of who he is, he never fails. So that also puts us in that place of being safe with him in that cocoon of his love and his, his, um, I'll say sovereign love, but his unending and un unfailing love towards us that will cause us to not fail when we rely and depend on it. Um, this is so important to Jesus that we would know this and take our stance here and be able to live from this perspective of, I'm not looking for love from someone else. I am loved. And this is the kind of love that my father has for me, that he will bear with me long. And he's kind towards me. He's not envious and competing with me. Um, he doesn't parade himself and he's not puffed up. He doesn't um, behave rudely or seek his own. And in that, whatever God says, we know that he's sovereign and he's God and he is going to accomplish his will. But in that him allowing you to be a part of it is because it's good for you, not because it's good for him. He's going to be God regardless. He doesn't need us to make him God to be God, but we do need him to be who we are. So even that, um, he doesn't seek his own. He seeks our best and allowing us to partake of him and welcoming, welcoming us into his family. Um, he's not provoked. He thinks no evil. He believes the best about you. When he considers you, he's not thinking about all your sin and all your shortcomings, even though he's, he knows everything, but he chooses to see his son, the, perf the perfected one, the perfect one, the flawless one, and offer that same grace and twinkle in his eye, if you will, towards you. And he doesn't remember your sin. He wants us to repent and stay clean. But that's because he does not want us to be separated from him, not because it harms him in any way, but because it's not good for you and me. It's good for us to be clean and pure and holy unto God, because then we are protected. We're drawn in. We have the blessing and the adversary is kept away from us and he won't be able to touch us when we abide in the love of God and keep his commandments as we looked at when we first started in John chapter 15. Um. 
Let's see. The Lord doesn't, uh, he doesn't think evil of us. He does not rejoice in iniquity and he rejoices in the truth. That means he celebrates with us. He rejoices over good things coming into our life. And we're not even able to find people at times, even ones that we think are supposed to love us that will celebrate, you know, when we get a promotion at work or we have a new baby or we have, uh, we get a new car or something like that. And we, we accomplish something, but God always rejoices with us. He is ready, willing, and able to celebrate. As a matter of fact, when a new believer comes into the kingdom, There's a party basically in heaven, a celebration of all the angels welcoming another brother and sister back into the fold, if you will, back into the heavenly community. You can't find that anywhere. And God is always cheering us on. He's always saying, go, baby, do what's right. I'm I'm with you and I'm here to help you. Um, We can't even depend on people for that kind of thing. And it's a it's a good thing that we make God our all in all. That's a blessing and it's an honor and a privilege. It's a good thing to live from that place because then you're always secure. It doesn't matter how the wind blows. This would be akin to the house that's built on the rock versus the house that's built on the sand. The house that's built on the love of Jesus won't fail when the wind comes and the um, it blows and the waves crash against it. You know, people turn against you and they say, we don't like you. We think your hair's stupid or <laughs> we don't like what you said or you're not in on the you're not in the in crowd or I don't love you. I never wanted you. You know, a parent saying that to their child. God says, stand on my love because I want you. I have searched and left my heavenly abode to come and die on the cross for you and shed my blood for you. You're always welcome in my presence. I love you. I adore you. I see the best. I have a bright future for you. I'm your friend. You're mine. And I only want your best. That's what we have in him. And when you live in that place, it doesn't matter what happens around you because you're always solid on the inside. You're not tossed to and fro by um, every wind of doctrine or by the emotions of the world around you. You have a safe place and a refuge and you are always accepted in the beloved. Does he, again, does he wink at sin? No, but he says, come to me, let's clean this up. And he helps us and makes us right. And Once we are saved and we come into fellowship with him, when we do miss it, he's always there. He's ready, willing, and able to forgive you for your sins and cleanse you from all unrighteousness. He's always like, here's my daughter or here's my son. I'm well pleased with them. And all I see is the righteousness of God um, in Christ Jesus that I've bestowed on them. I think of David. What we mainly hear about him is that he was a man after God's own heart. And every king that came after was compared to David. You know, this one is not like my servant, David. This one is like my servant, David, and he's following my commandments and he's doing my will. But if you read the scriptures, you know that David fell. Uh, He committed a, a, a drastic sin. And he he stole someone's wife and had her husband killed and impregnated the lady. And then that baby died, not at, at his physical hand, but his sin allowed the adversary to just wreak havoc. And then it kind of carried on for some time because of this one sin. But God didn't remember that about him. He said, no, this is my, (laughs) this is my servant. This is a man after my own heart. And he still brought the Messiah through his lineage because God sees the best. So if God could see that about David plotted and killed and murdered and all of that, how much more so will he love you, one who has received of the blood of Jesus Christ? So 
He's no respecter of persons. David did have a place with God, but he's not special because of who he is. He's special because of who God is. And you are just as special. And he hasn't withheld any ounce of his love towards you because we read, remember, in John chapter 17, verse 23, that you have sent me and have loved them as you have loved me. That's what Jesus said out of his own mouth. So if we are equal or joint heirs with Jesus Christ in the sense of receiving God's love, then we are not lesser than anybody else because there's no one higher than he is. So we are joint heirs with, um, we are heirs of God and joint heirs with Jesus Christ, the scripture tells us. So coming back over here to uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 13, He bears all things. He believes all things. He hopes all things and he endures all things. Love never fails. God doesn't fail on us. He doesn't quit. He doesn't go, hey, listen, you know, that's the 10th time I'm out of here. You just you're on your own. The only time the Lord withdraws is when we review, uh, refuse him and insist on a living and iniquitous life. But when you're looking at him and you're trying and your heart is open towards God, he is with you. He's not going anywhere. And he said, he'll never leave or forsake you. So even in the case of people that, um, have been turned over to their reprobate minds, it is the person who left God, not God who left them because God will, sup with anyone who opens the door to him. Anybody that says you're welcome, Jesus, God will help them. He will remain with them and he will bring them to the fullness of his plan for their life. So I just want to encourage you that, that Jesus loves you. And anytime you want to, um, grow, bury yourself in that love. Anytime you need soundness of mind, bury yourself in that love. As you engage with other people, bury yourself in the love of God and the same love that Jesus gives you offer it towards them. Well, we're out of time for today. I just want to say, God bless you. Thank you for um, listening. If you have a chance like this episode, uh, subscribe to this channel and share it with others so that they have the opportunity to be blessed as well. And I just want to encourage you to live in the Messiah's love. God bless you. Have a wonderful day.